Hello, my name is Paul Ryan and I am the founder of GP Consult. I work as both a pharmacist and as a GP and I'm passionate about clinical pharmacology and therapeutics. I really enjoy making international guidelines relevant to those of us in primary care. So this is the fourth and final podcast on the management of obesity in primary care. And it's going to be dedicated to the pharmacological management uh, of um, patients living with obesity. So we know that pharmacological management should only be considered once dietary and physical activity interventions have been undertaken. There are three main uh, medications used in the management of um, uh, patients who live with obesity, and that includes Orlistat, Liraglutide, and Naltrexone bupropion combination. So the first one is Orlistat, second one is Liraglutide, and the third one is a, a combination product of Naltrexone and bupropion. It generally, these can generally work in one out of every three patients, which means that they'll achieve their 5% weight loss that I discussed uh, in the previous podcast. So, so first one is Orlistat, the brand name is Xenical. This inhibits gastric and pancreatic lipase. It is licensed in conjunction with a mildly hypocaloric diet for patients who have a BMI of 30 or those with a BMI of 28 with risk factors. This is slightly different to those uh, uh, for Saxenda or Mysimba, the other two products, which if, uh, th these can be started in patients who have a BMI of 27 with risk factors. So Orlistat is given as a 120 milligram capsule three times daily, and it's given immediately before, during, or up to one hour after each main meal. If a meal is missed or contains no fat, then the patient can, can omit the dose. We know that a 60 milligram capsule called Ali ALLI is available over the counter. Now, all of that should be discontinued after 12 weeks if 5% weight loss is not achieved. A target of 5% for those with type 2 diabetes, a target of 3% uh, is set, as some patients with type 2 diabetes um, may take longer to lose that weight. If the patient has lost the required required 5%, there is no restriction on how or, or list, how long Orlistat can be prescribed. It should be continued beyond 12 months only after discussing the advantages and disadvantages. It should be discontinued if the patient has any signs of hepatitis, so such as yellowing skin and eyes, itching, dark-coloured urine or pale stool. The side effects of Orlistat include fatty or oily stools, faecal urgency and frequency, oily discharge from the rectum, flatulence, abdominal pain, and side effects are actually much less likely if the patient sticks to a low-fat diet. Of note, if the patient has severe diarrhea, additional contraception will be required if they're on the combined oral contraceptive pill. It may also reduce the absorption of anticonvulsants, particularly valproate and lamotrigine. Now next up is liraglutide, which is a GLP-1 receptor agonist. We know that GLP-1 is produced in the small intestine and that it delays gastric emptying. It we know that it decreases appetite and hunger as well as increasing satiety. Now we may be familiar with liraglutide or the brand name Victoza, which is an injectable glucagon-like peptide 
uh, 1 receptor agonist used in the treatment of diabetes. It is a subcutaneous injection and it, the maintenance dose is uh, given at 1.8 milligram daily and it's not licensed for waste management. Now this same um, GLP-1 agonist, liraglutide, is repackaged, given at a higher dose, and then called Saxenda. And this is licensed for weight management in adults, in patients with or without diabetes. It is an adjunct to reduce calorie diet and increase physical activity in adults with an initial BMI of greater than of 30 or more. Whereas those with a BMI of 20 uh, kg per meter squared with dyslipidemia, hypertension, or prediabetes, or type 2 diabetes, or obstructive sleep apnea, with any one of these, um, it can also be used if a patient has a BMI of 27 with one of these comorbid uh, conditions. Now, NICE approved Sexenda in December 2020 for weight management if, this, if they meet three criteria. Number one, a BMI of 35, a kilogram per meter squared. Second thing is that they have to be pre-diabetic, so HbA1c level of between 42 and 47, or it's fasting plasma glucose level of 5.5 uh, to 6.9 millimoles per litre. Or it's the third one, a high cardiovascular risk, so hypertension, high cholesterol, or obstructive sleep apnea. So Saxenda is, is given at a starting dose for weight management. Uh, is It started as 0.6 milligram per day, uh, subcutaneously. And then this is increased by 0.6 milligram each week to a maintenance dose of 3 milligram per day. And this is compared to 1.8 milligrams for diabetes. So if a body weight loss of 5% is not achieved after 3 months at the 3 milligram dose, it should be discontinued. So if a treatment or diet does not, in general, if any treatment or diet does not work after 12 weeks, it probably will not work. Okay, and that would be the general rule. So the main side effects associated with the, this liraglutide at a higher dose, uh, packaged as Saxenda, is that over one third of people report nausea and or vomiting. Um, diarrhea and constipation are also common. And less, like, less commonly, people can also get gallstones or pancreatitis. And I suppose the, practical, the practicalities of this is that they should return, if any, abdominal pain. Um, so it's not recommended in those with class 3 or class 4 heart failure um, because there's no experience of uh, of using this product in these patients. Inflammatory bowel disease, there's limited experience also. People with diabetic gastroparesis, it can delay gastric emptying so it shouldn't be used. People 75 years of age or older, there's limited experience there. And people with a history of gallstones, uh, can cause substantial weight loss, uh, like our substantial weight loss itself can actually precipitate gallstones. So if you have a history of gallstones, it should not be used. And people who have alcoholism, it should not be used because, you know, um, they're more risk getting pancreatitis or, or if a patient has any history of pancreatitis, it shouldn't be used. And finally then, very rarely, if there's a history of medullary thyroid cancer. So the, both the Drugs and Therapeutics Bulletin and NICE reviewed the data to support the raglutide. And there was the most relevant trial was a, an RCT, a randomized control trial of greater than 3,700 patients living with obesity. 
and uh, uh, without diabetes, actually, these patients did not have diabetes. They were all given diet and exercise counselling, and then they randomised either the 3 milligram subcutaneous daily, daily or its placebo injections for 56 weeks. Uh, and the active group had a clinically as well as a statistically significant level of weight loss. So the weight loss was about 8%, so 8.4 kilos of liraglutide versus 2.6% or 2.8 kilos of placebo. The percentage of people achieving greater than 5% loss of body weight was 63.2% versus 27.1% with placebo. That given number needs a treat of three. So therefore, you, if, you treat, if you treat three people, one person will benefit. Now, the, interestingly, the percentage achieving greater than 10% loss of body weight uh, was 33.1% for liraglutide versus 10.6% placebo. So that meant that indicated a number needed to treat of five. So for every, uh, if you treat five people, one will actually get a greater than 10% uh, loss of body weight. So I suppose the other thing in the practicalities of liraglutide is that yellow bean is actually not provided. So um, the patient can look for the local health centre or some pharmacies may actually uh, uh, dispose of the, the yellow bean. And the needles required, it's a BD microfine pen needles, uh, size 4mm or size 5mm. The size 5 is actually covered on the GMS or GPS. So liraglutide versus orlistat. So direct comparison with orlistat is lacking. But the drugs and therapeutics bulletin suggest data indicates that liraglutide 3 mg will result in greater average weight loss. Uh, liraglutide appears to be effective at, at leading to weight loss, although the main issue is actually cost with it, and adverse effects can, you know, the nausea that can actually be problematic. Um, Mysimba is a brand name of the combination product Naltrexone and Bupropion. So this is the third product available, a pharmacological uh, third product uh, that is used in pharmacological management of uh, people living with obesity. So th and it combines Bupropion at a 90 milligram dose and plus 8 milligrams of Naltrexone. So just to remind ourselves again, Bupropion inhibits dopamine and noradrenaline reuptake and it's used in smoking cessation. And naltrexone is an opioid receptor antagonist and it blocks opioid effects in detoxified patients who have been opioid or alcohol dependent and reduces appetite and hunger. The mechanism of action on appetite suppression is not fully understood, but the two drugs may have synergistic effects on hunger suppression. So mysimba uh, or naltrexone bioproprian combination is used as an adjunct to reduce calorie, uh, calorie diet and increase physical activity in those with a BMI of 30 or it's those with a BMI of 27 with one related weight, um, one weight related comorbidity, so such as prediabetes or hypertension. And so a treatment should be stopped after 16 weeks if less than 5% initial body weight is lost. Um, so the dose is titrated from one tablet daily to two tablets twice a day over four weeks, and it should always be taken with food. So it's one in the morning, one in, uh, for a week, and then it's one twice daily for a week, and then it's one, two in the morning and one in the evening for a week, and then two twice daily thereafter. So it's dis discontinued after 16 weeks, so as opposed to 12 weeks with the other two. So it's 16 weeks if patients have not lost at least 5% of initial body weight. And you have to avoid alcohol, and that's very real uh, when you're on my Simba, so all the patients should be counselled. So why is that? Because it's reduced tolerance to alcohol and there's a potential increased risk of seizures. So the advice is that 
uh, to give is that we, we if you look at the summary of product characteristics, the blood pressure check, check should be done prior to starting and at regular intervals um, throughout uh, treatment with mysimba may cause uh, drowsiness and can actually lower glucose, uh, so reduced level of, you know, the dose of uh, sulfonylureas or insulin will have to be reduced and also ensure that the patient's not receiving tramadol or opioids. If there's a history, it's contraindicating people who have a history of seizures, so because bupropion is associated with seizures, so I should be cautioned if there's a history of head trauma, excessive alcohol, if patient's taking tramadol, or antipsychotics or receptor on antidepressants. It's contraindicated also if there's a history of bulimia or uh, bulimia or anorexia nervosa. And it, the final, uh, the other contraindication is that if a patient is dependent on chronic opioids or methadone, because naltrexone is an opioid receptor ant- antagonist. Uh, the last two contraindications, number one, is uncontrolled hypertension. Uh, if you look at the SPC, it states that it can increase blood pressure by one millimeter of mercury. So obviously, it's not going to increase it hugely uh, amount, but at the same time, if the person has uncontrolled hypertension, it should not be given. Uh, they should not be given this combination product. And finally, th- if they have bipolar affective disorder, um, it they should not be given naltrexone bupropion combination because manic episodes have been reported with similar medications. Although no manic episodes have been reported so far with naltrexone or bupropion. So the efficacy has been evaluated uh, in four placebo-controlled trials with naltrexone and bupropion, and that was a review done by the Drugs and Therapeutics Bulletin. And there's a reduction in uh, in weight over placebo was about three to five percent at six to twelve months. The commonest side effects included GI side effects, headache, dizziness, insomnia, and dry mouth. So. I suppose the co- just to discuss the cost uh, per month for each one of these pharmacological uh, agents. So none of these are covered in Ireland on the drugs payment scheme or on the GMS. Um, so the patient must pay between 50 and 100 euro per month for Orlistat, between 120, uh, 100 and 120 euro per month for the naltrexone bupropion combination, and between 250 and 300 per month for the liraglutide, the Saxenda. Finally, just to mention bariatric surgery, the referral criteria for bariatric surgery is if patients have a BMI of 40, if they have a BMI of 35 and other diseases weight related, such as hypertension, type 2 diabetes. And, and the third one, third referral criteria is a BMI of 30 and type 2 diabetes diagnosed in the last 10 years. Um, so just to finish up by sharing the tips that uh, I give patients for weight loss look set I suppose the first thing set realistic weight loss goals so 5% regular meals and try and reduce size of portions to attend the local swimming club there's an NHS 12 week plan which is the, the PDF is actually free to download you can send it to the, uh, the patient for the patient to tell friends and family that they're trying to lose weight so as to motivate them for them to cut down on alcohol which is high in calories to keep a food diary and uh, also good sleep hygiene. So I suppose just a final uh, mention about obesity and COVID. Uh, since um, uh, it's it's current, it's now it's now March um, twenty twenty one. So there was a uh, obesity has been linked uh, with COVID nineteen severity. So particularly in younger patients. So there was a case series of five thousand seven hundred patients hospitalised with COVID nineteen in the New York City area. The most common comorbidities were obesity, diabetes, and hypertension. 
So, and obviously we know that diabetes and hypertension are linked with obesity. So it's just, it's very topical at the moment and, and uh, it would be great to be able to help our patients to lose weight. So I suppose the take home message is that obesity is a chronic condition. We need the, the patients need to continue diet and exercise and that obesity is not a result of a lack of willpower. And that visceral fat is one. Visceral fat is one of the first uh, fat stores to be lost. So to keep to keep with the exercise and um, and diet. So there's a, actually a detailed healthy eating section with meal ideas and calc- BMI calculator recipes etc. on safefood.net. And the uh, there's an Irish coalition of people living with obesity uh, found at asoi.info. Uh, the Weight Management Clinic in St. Gilles have a lovely um, uh, uh, website, weightmanagement.ie, and that it can guide you to other useful websites. Another useful website, uh, itsnotyourfault.ie. So that brings me to the end of um, today's podcast. Today is actually um, March the 4th, uh, 2021, so it's actually World Obesity Day. So uh, I do hope you found this talk relevant to your daily practice. And I'm looking forward to uh, delivering my next webinar. Thanking you.